And thank you for coming here today. And we do launch into this series entitled Blessed. Um, and uh, we have so many things. Listen, this is the month of Thanksgiving. And we gather around the table and, 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 and we, will, we will pause, um, you know, before the cowboy game. And uh, um, the Lions have already gotten beat probably by the time you gather around the Thanksgiving table. But <laughs> some of y'all will get that later. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, but, but we'll gather around and we'll, we will offer up thanks. And, and for some of us, we'll pause and remember and, and look back on this last year, what God has done in our lives. And I, I just don't think we do that enough. In, in fact, here, here's, here's the, the big idea uh, for this, this month of November here at 1910 with this series entitled Bless. I, I believe we need a, we, we need a, 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 a vision adjustment. Have you been to the eye doctor lately? No? Okay. Um, I went to the eye doctor a few weeks back, and, and, and you know, it's, it's good to go at least once a year and have them assess, see where you're at. And, 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 and something crazy happened over the course of 12 months in my life. Well, the things that I used to be able to notice up close, I can't see them anymore. And I wear corrective lenses already. And I'm going, what, doc, what do I do? She said, well, you're, you're getting a little older. I'm like, going. That's rude. I'm paying $119 for this visit. And you're going to tell me that and remind me uh, of that, right? But, but in the process, as you saw in the video, the, 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 the ophthalmologist, that's what I'm told they're called. They, 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 they put you through a series of, of changing uh, eyepieces that you're looking through to see better, which is better, one or two, one or two, two or one. And it's, it's confusing, but sometimes... But they're, through this process, what she's doing is hopefully getting me to a place where, where I can see things a little bit more clearly. All right? That's what an eye doctor does for us. And, and, and I said, man, the, I just don't get it. I can't see things. He said, well, you're getting a little bit older. And normally around the age of 40, any 40-year-olds in the house? All right? Anybody not 40 yet, but like on, on the verge of it? Get ready. Things fall apart when you turn 40 eyesight gone. You, you it's a mess. She said, when you turn 40, your eyes begin to de degenerate a little bit and things just, they, they change. So don't worry about it. And, you know, but, but here's, I'm like, man, I can see things so far away, but it's the things that are, that are closest to me that, that I'm not, I can't see clearly. I think that happens to us in life is that we, we, we need a vision adjustment. Because here's the reality. We are a blessed people. And I don't think that we tend to see the blessings that we have in our lives. In fact, for a lot of us in this room, we, we, our, our culture today is laced with what I would say negativity. Would you agree with me there? I don't know if you're on social media at, at all, if you troll or look at any of that stuff. But, but for people that are, that are really into social media, it's about getting people to like me. I need followers on my, my Instagram account or, or Twitter or Facebook, whatever handle you use, okay? But, but the idea is, is engagement. And if I can get people to look at my stuff or that boosts my engagement numbers, we even look at that here sometimes as a church. I get a, our media team gets a weekly report on engagement and how many people are looking at our stuff. And, and we just seem to be a culture driven by engagement. You, you know what drives engagement up on social media platforms? Negativity. 
Negative comments, they say, outrage is the new norm in our culture today. And so when you post things that are controversial or lose, use words that are like toxic or destroys or filth. Listen, the the negative things on on social media platforms is actually what people are attracted to. Guys, we're off base, aren't we? And and that, 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 that spills over into so many other aspects of our lives. We're negative people, aren't we? We tend to be, and then it drives up anxiety in our lives. We worry, we have fear. We we don't remember that God's a promise keeper, a way maker. And we just, because we just get so caught up, we are culture eat up with negativity. Would you agree with me there? Now, I think every one of us in this room would agree with me. We don't like negativity. In fact, we love it when we like positivity, right? We, We like when people share positive things and encouraging things to us. But I just got to be honest with you. Your pastors eat up with it. And I've been eat up with it this week. And I'm just going to be a little honest and real with you today. Is that okay? Because I have missed some of the most beautiful things right under my nose this week. And we know the enemy wants to come and steal and and to... destroy us. And I just think in this area of negativity is a battle he's winning in so many of our lives. Now I'm going to just, just be transparent with, I I made a list of things and you need to know that this series was birthed in the month of July, but it's, it's November now. So I'm actually preaching it, but, 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 but I've been battling this. I made a list of, of the mess that I got bombarded with it. Just my thought patterns this week. Can I just share those with you? And we got people watching online. I'm just putting myself out there. I don't, I don't give a rip. I mean, I mean, I do, but, but I've just let some stuff get in the way. For instance, um, there have been some staffing situations this week that have set me off. And, and instead of me seeing how blessed I am to have an incredible team, I've let the enemy sneak in and plant negative thoughts about people on my team. I, uh, even this conference is cultivated. It looks so, ooh, it's fun, right? And, and we have, we've got girls wearing things in their hair and, and shirts and hats and all that stuff. But, but, but I even, there was a time in which I, I said something like, 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 I have anything really of worth to offer my wife who's worked for 10 months putting this together with her leadership team. I'm like, hey, have you thought about this? And she's like, don't you let, why would you say that right now? You need to, you need to get that out of your mind. And she's right. She, she, she's, she's right. Um, I've had an attitude this week. Does anybody really care? I would just love for someone to pick up phone and just call me. I, I, I have been upset this week about the heat in this building. I walked in, you know, the morning it was like 28 degrees outside. Well, I, I walked in and it was 62 in here. And I'm going, good gosh, where's the heat? Somebody turn up the heat. And, and, and I, went, I went, is anybody out there? We need some heat. That's ridiculous. For, forget that there were homeless people all around our community that slept outside in 28 degrees and I'm put off by 62. It's me this week. Oh, uh, I had negative thoughts about... Don't say that one? Okay, I won't say that one. 
but God knows what it is and I'm just gonna trust him to be the way maker and stop some of y'all anyway. I've been put off by a house being built in my neighborhood right next door to me. It's too close. She says it is too close. You see, it's not just me. You've thought it too. It's too close. They have so much other space on the other side. And I don't see it as an opportunity for me to get to know my neighbor. They're going to look into my windows because I like to open them up. And I'm shirtless sometimes in my house. I'm just going to be honest. And that's not a pretty sight. They're going to reconsider HOA covenants because of me. I just, negativity. I've been put off by, by road construction in our community. Oh, now you talk back to me. Now I'm speaking your language. I'm just going to be, I'll be honest with you. There's a stretch of road that, that it's been complete for months. And I was tempted to pull my truck over and move those orange cones and pylons and open up. But I didn't because my truck is wrapped with 1910 church on it. And everybody would know that's that crazy dude doing. Who is he? Lego man out there moving traffic cones and doing his stuff. Listen, I've been eat up with it. Is that okay for me to declare? Do you still love me? But you're eat up with it too, aren't you? Come on, every one of us this week. Some of you right now have had negative thought about the the decibel level of our music. This morning you have, and we're singing about a way maker. You're like, this is too loud, tone it down. We all get a little negative, don't we? We do. Some of you don't like who you're sitting next to. We're eat up with it. Here's what I wrote a note to myself, and I'm gonna read it so I don't screw it up. Brown, quit being a seller dweller. Here's what the Lord has shown me. I have got to learn to think a little bit differently about my life, and I've got to see things from a new perspective. I need a new outlook. I need to, look what it says in Colossians chapter three. Here's what it is. I need to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And he goes on to say, because you've died to this life and your real life is now hidden with Christ in God. When I tend to just focus on houses being too close, road construction or heat or whatever, guys, that's not setting my mind up here. It's focused on this. And I'm telling you, this, this sometimes down here, it's, it's, it's a cellar dweller mentality. And I said it last time, we need to move on up like George and Wheezy. <laughs> we need to flip our thinking. We need to move up and think about things about. And if there's anything I want you to hear today about being blessed, because here's what we need to be careful of. And I want to encourage you to come every Sunday because we're going to unpack this a little bit more each and every week. And this is going to be an incredible, incredible journey together. But when we think about being blessed, you know what you immediately think about? You immediately, most of us begin to think about material types of things. Our homes, our cars, our clothes. Again, trophy spouses. Um, we begin to think about my kids made this. And we begin to think about things that, and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. But, but, but here's, if there's anything that I would encourage you to consider that you being a blessed person, I just want you to remember what it said in Colossians 3 there. It's because of Christ and what he's done for us. Here's the deal. None of us deserve to be blessed. Did you know that? You are, uh, you're, you're not blessable. 
In fact, if anything, Scripture says that, that we're sinners. And, and, and we do not deserve the blessings of God, do we? But in his great love for us, he chooses to bless us. You know how he blessed us? Well, the scripture says he did it through his son, Jesus Christ. And when I think about all that, when I think that I'm a son or a daughter, like Lindsay referred to, when I think about that my old life is gone and I'm a new creation, when I think about I'm now part of the redeemed, I'm a saint, I'm hagios, I've been sanctified. When I think about that, I'm an heir to a throne. When I think about he has transformed me, that I'm, listen, guys, come on. I am blessed. And so are you if you're in Christ. You did not deserve the love demonstrated to you by Jesus on the cross. But God and his great love for you says, you know what? You don't deserve it, but I am going to just grace you and love you. I'm blessed, and you are too. You're sitting on a post-it card or a note card and a pen. <laughs> Go and pull it out. It hurts. Pull. You, you're sitting on a pen and a note card in your chair. Here's what I want you to do. I want you right now, as I continue to just share some things, I want you to think about the ways you've been blessed by God, and I want you to write some of those things down. Come on, do it. Do it. Or pull out your phone, tablet, whatever. Um, and I want you to begin to write down, I'm blessed. And if you're in Christ, I hope you start with that one. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and looking past my sin and my guilt, my shame, and you love me and you forgive me. But I want you to begin to make a list of things that you're blessed. You would say, I'm blessed because of, and write those down. Write them down. And here's why I'm asking you to do that. Because I want you to keep that in your focus over the next month. I want you to put this somewhere to remind you. Maybe that's on a vanity in your mirror. Some of you dudes stand in front of the mirror way too long. Maybe it's in the, in the dash of your, of, your, of, of, of your car where you're looking at the speedometer or, or, or whatever. Maybe it's, it's on the refrigerator. That's probably my favorite place to go visit in my home. Maybe it's there to remind me. Look how blessed. I want you to put this on because I want us to remember and not lose sight. I want us to see the blessings that God has given us. I mean, are we not blessed? He's done a great work. Think of those things above. Think of those things. John chapter one, verse 16 says, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Come on, is there anyone in here that can truly say, or anybody watching us online that can truly say, you know what? God has never been good to me in any form or fashion. Now, you're awake today. Start there, too. If you, if you don't know Jesus, just start there. Hey, you're, who, who woke you up? I mean, you're dressed today, and some of you have already had something to eat or drink today. You slept inside of a, most of us probably slept in, in, in some sort of a, a warm environment. Say, Come on, that is, listen, you don't deserve those things, but God in his great love for you has given you a blessing, has he not? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You've heard that before, haven't you? I've been blessed so that I in turn can do what for others? Bless them. We're going to talk more about that next week. 
I want to share with you how you can use your blessings in the lives of others to bless someone else around you. What's happening here in 2 Corinthians is, is the church in Corinth has been burdened and impressed by some of their surrounding communities and neighbors that, do, that are in need. And so they become a very generous church and they begin sharing with not only people in in their communities, but they're beginning to think even outside of their city limits and and territory. How can we bless and how can we bless? But then something creeps into mind that so many of us think of as well. If I give everything I have away, what about my own needs? Let me just remind you what the word of the Lord says. God's going to generously provide all you need. Now, it doesn't say all you want. Because some of our wants lists, some of you adults have already started making your Christmas wish lists, right? You already popped in Mariah Carey. This is my grown-up Christmas list. You're, all I want for Christmas. I know it. God doesn't promise to provide everything we want. But listen, do we not believe that he's the promise keeper and that he will do this? He will always give us everything we Need. Come on, by round of applause, how many of you have seen God do this in your life? He's shown up in a time of need and he's done something. He, was the, he worked a miracle. He made a way. Amen? That's what's happening. They're, they're, the, the church at Corinth, they're concerned about, well, what if we don't have enough for us? Well, it's not about us. But how can we take, well, God, you know, I was in Indonesia uh, for 10 days and I saw people that had, in my, this is my assessment, they had so little Man, they had so much. One of the pastors that we're supporting as a church, he, 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 he takes whatever he can and he begins to just shell it out and dole it out to people in need. That's what we're called to do. We're blessed. So then I can, we, we can just hoard it, but we bless other people. We're gonna unpack that a little bit more next week. But I wanna just remind you something. God's got you. And we, we, we don't have a reason to fear. We need to remember that God has us. As the band comes back up and we get ready to kind of wrap this up today, First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 11 through 12 says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything, everything in the heavens and on earth is yours. O Lord, yours and this is your kingdom we adore you as the one who is over all things wealth and honor come from you alone for you rule over everything power and might are in your hand and your discretion people are made great and given strength check this out god loves to bless people and there is nothing that can stop the flow of God's blessing. This morning I prayed, Lord, your spirit's been at work in this, on this campus all weekend and I do not want to stop. I do not want to become a, a, a dam in this flow that has been happening all weekend. I don't want to be a barrier. God, what you're doing in this moment. That's why I'm going to pop up and say, hey, I just think the Spirit's going to do something. We don't normally pray in the middle because you've just been taught you don't pray until after the sermon and that's the only time people can respond to a move of the Spirit of God. And No, no, I'm not going to stop that. And it's unorthodox and doesn't look good and, and, and I'm weirding people out because we're creatures of habit. But God, I don't want to stop what your Spirit wants to do. 
Listen, there's no one that can stop a move of the Spirit of God. There's no one that can thwart his blessing. He blesses, he bestows, he gives us things. Psalm, the psalmist would say, the heavens are yours and the earth is yours, Lord. Everything in the world is yours and you created it all. You know what people who are blessed do in response to God's blessing to them? They honor, they worship him and give him glory. Just a programming note. We're gonna do that during this series as well. And I don't think we do that enough. We don't pause and we don't thank God enough for what he's done in our lives. He blesses us and, and, and we just kind of like me, we miss it. It's right there in front of us and we don't see it. And, and the, the, the word blessing or blessed is used over 700 times throughout the scripture. Throughout the Bible, you'll find this idea of blessing. In the Old Testament, there was a, a Hebrew word, Barak. Not the president, but, but the word Barak meant to praise and to congratulate or salute. It was, it's, it's, it's this Hebrew word that even means, it's even used to mean a curse, right? Uh, but, but, but in scripture, we see that there were times in which God Baracked people. He blessed them. Abram, Abram, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. And Abram, because of your faithfulness and your obedience, I will, what did God say? I'm going to bless you. I want to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to bless you. And it's okay. So, so even in the Old Testament, you find some of these times in which God barocked people with, with, with blessing, financial blessing, uh, land. You, you remember when Job, Job was a blessed man and then he lost it all. You remember that? And then what did God do? Because he couldn't find anything ill and he, he was an upright man and Job remained faithful and, and he began to bless Job once again, right? But there's something interesting that happens when you transition to this idea of blessing in the New Testament. In the New Testament, when you read the word blessing, here's what it oftentimes signifies, poverty and trial. You see, we, we, we tend to think blessing, we just tend to see blessing from a materialistic standpoint. I'm blessed if I've got more square footage or more horsepower or more land or more mounts on the wall in my trophy room and all. I mean, we, we, we just tend to think that, but when you look at the word, in fact, in, in, in the New Testament, there, 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 there's, there, there are two other words that's used for the word blessing. One is uh, makarios and the other one is eulogio, in which we get the, the English word eulogy. You know, eulogy is when you give somebody praise or you give them a good report. We get our English word eulogy at a funeral. Or uh, eulogio may also be how you pray over your food and bless your food before you eat it. But, but I want to specifically look at this word, makarios, because that word, when it says blessed in the Greek means fully satisfied. Check this out. You can have square footage and horsepower and land and big game heads mounted all around your wall and not be makarios. Have you ever rubbed shoulders with somebody that, that in your has a lot, but they're not fully satisfied? Whereas, have you ever been around some people that you would say, gosh, they don't have much, but look at the joy on their faces. Look at their contentment. Look at their, they understand this word. They understand what it means to be fully satisfied. And hey, check this out. You will never be fully satisfied apart from Jesus Christ. Boom, mic drop. You won't. Because I know so many people that are pursuing stuff and status and, 
and, and, and, and possessions and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and they're still just eat up with loneliness and misery. And there's never enough. I want to encourage you. With Makarios, it speaks of intimacy with Jesus Christ. And your greatest blessings in life will come when you rest in Him. When you're connected with Him. And that's a reason enough for me to say, I'm blessed. I have enough if I have Jesus. Do we really believe that? We sing, Christ is enough for me. We sing that. Do we really believe that? Is he enough? If that, that, some of the greatest writings in the Bible, Paul is in a jail cell. He's in a pit. Count it all joy when you suffer trials of many kinds. Come on. I'm torqued off about the heat in a building and I'm supposed to count it joy? Macadios, mm. I'm fully satisfied. So Paul would say, you know what? If I have much or if I have little, it doesn't matter. I'm good because I have Christ. Christ is sufficient. And so maybe for some of you listening here today or watching us online, maybe, maybe your pursuit of a blessed life just starts with Jesus. Lindsay already declared it. She threw it down. Where you stand with Jesus? Are you fully satisfied? Are you intimate with him? Is there a connection that you have there? I'm telling you, that's where your blessed life will come from. Here's what we're gonna do today to wrap this up. Some of y'all are going, thank you because it's time to go. Don't you be negative in this house. I just talked about that. But here's what I want us to do. I want us as a congregation today and those of you watching us online, I want us to pause before we leave this place and I want us to confess before the Father our lack of gratitude. And I want us to apologize to him because it's sin for us to be the recipients of blessings and not to acknowledge the one who gave it to us. It's sin in our lives for us to be the recipients of blessing and in turn not look for ways that we in turn can be used by God to bless other people. And so today we're going to sing, the band's going to lead us, and, and you can stand if you want, you can sit, you can come kneel at the altar today. But I want us as the blessed people to confess our sin before the Father. Arms are open wide, forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. salvation through Jesus.
before you that we are a blessed people and we've not acknowledged it enough. Father, I, I, I pray that you would begin to just illuminate the blessings in our lives just so that we can really see how blessed we are. But God, also, would you begin to stir in our spirit how we can use our blessing to bless others? <laughs> May we not be called a hoarder of the blessings of God, but a dispenser of those blessings. Hey, can I just plant a seed in your thought right now? A seed of, yeah. Yeah, I'll plant something in your, I want you to think about something. Thanksgiving coming up. And I know that Thanksgiving for so many of us is just a time to gather with family and we we consume enormous amounts of high caloric foods. We, we watch football, but you know, there are some people that God might just bring into your life that don't have that this year. What might happen if blessed people bless someone else? team come and join me down front and pray over people and you're just going to have to let the Holy Spirit of God speak into that what he wants to do Father thank you for today thank you for waking us up thank you for this thing called life and God I pray against negativity I pray that we would live as blessed people this week in Jesus name everybody said thank you you're dismissed